smoothie, boys. <laughs> that was what you, that's what you came up with. That's the best. That's the best our fucking listeners are getting. Let me tell you. Um, <laughs> sorry, listener. I came off aggressive there at the beginning. Um, He's not mad at you. He's mad at himself. I'm very mad at myself. I'm about to relay something that will be said. It will be spoken in humor with uh, that, that sound I get in my voice where you can tell I'm smiling a lot. Um, but I don't find it funny. It's, it's not funny. Um, we watched the Warcraft movie. And let me just spoil it for you now. Neither of us had a great time watching it. <laughs> and the podcast we recorded was very funny. And very long, like in excess of two hours. Yes, yes, very long. And also, I I hesitate to use the word torture. <laughs> and I don't often use the word heinous, but those are words, like, it was a torturous recording. I you didn't could make apply it easy. them, yeah. Those words, <laughs> yes, you didn't have to <laughs> I, I didn't make it easy. I'm part of the reason it went on two hours, and, and fingers crossed I, I don't... Do it quite that bad again. Um, it was very funny, but very painful. And I was really happy when it was over because I, and I said on the recording, we no longer have to talk or think about Warcraft anymore. You sure <clears throat> did. I remember it clearly. Yeah. Sorry if I keep clearing my throat. I, I ate Doritos today. Um, so, long story short, I lost the file <laughs> because. Because, I don't know, something ha- something's just happened to my brain in 2016. I, I mean, the year's shit for everyone, so I might as well just be losing my mind on top of things. Yeah, um, why not? You know, I mean, we're recording this now on election day, so depending on how things go, it might be good that my brain's just leaking out of my ear, um, and I'll be completely insensible by December. Uh, we don't know, but we are re-recording this now. <laughs> We have to think about Warcraft again. Oh, yeah. Well, and, and, and remind me, you didn't have a whole ton of Warcraft experience prior to Warcraft the movie. Oh, I want to say less than zero. Yeah. I, Warcraft, and, and I tend to miss the big, the big games. Like, Call of Duty is a large game, but World of Warcraft was the big game. Just like League of Legends today is the big game. And I don't get into them. I don't know what it is. It's not a a choice. It's not like, oh, that's popular. I'm not going to do it. It's just whatever seems to become the biggest thing in the game industry somehow just never appeals to me. And World of Warcraft and MMOs in general, um, especially that model of MMO, just never did it for me. And World of Warcraft uh, kind of influenced what MMOs were from that point forward, which to me wasn't really the point of an MMO. Um, I've played other MMOs. I've, I've still never played Warcraft, but I play games that have used that model. And it's mostly just a single-player game with other people gathered around the same quest giver. And it's not like in the old days where you could literally be what you want, like be king of this town or be a boy band. A friend of mine uh, did the old, old Star Wars MMO and just he was in a boy band in there. They used Mm -hmm. to go to cantinas and dance. That Um, was that was the way to make money in in Star Wars, as I recall, was to be a dancer. 
that's it. Like, take up a trade. Um, but World of Warcraft came along, was immensely popular, and then it became about killing a lot of animals. Kill a lot of things for XP, all gather around the same quest giver, you know, do some PvP stuff. But, I know, MMOs became a genre because of World of Warcraft, I feel. Uh, or at least in large part due to World of Warcraft. They became their, a, a specific genre when, to me, an MMO was more of a, a casing. Like, you can have an MMO an MMO game that's a first-person shooter. You can have an MMO game that's a survival horror, if you want, with that control scheme. But in a post-World of Warcraft world, it was just that type of RPG. Yeah. Yeah. I And I didn't get into World of Warcraft either. I... I was in college when EverQuest came out, and I saw what that did to people. Uh-huh. And, uh, and I, you know, I, I had had some Ultima Online experience, and I knew that I would just... I would play it for a little while, then I would get completely bored of it, and I'd wonder why I'd wasted so much time. So I just... I never did it. But I... You know, Warcraft... Prior to World of Warcraft, I did have experience with, because I was big into Blizzard... Uh, before Warcraft came out, uh, they had already done the Lost Vikings and Blackthorn by this point, mm-hmm. and I loved both of those games. Uh, though, so I was really excited for Warcraft, and I muddled through it, even though I've never been uh, good at RTS games at all. Like I'm terrible at real-time strategy, and yeah, but I, I'm the same I, way. I got through, and I enjoyed it, and I thought it was a really good game, and, and I did the second one, and uh, even I introduced my father to uh, Warcraft with Warcraft 2, um, I think, or may- maybe, it was, maybe it was still the first one. It might have still been the first Warcraft, but uh, I exposed him to it, and he played Warcraft 2 until, like, 2006, 2007, like, at least. It was insane. Every Quite day. some time. Every day he would play. And, you know, he didn't care about the story or any of that crap. He would just go in and set up arrow towers Mm -hmm. and win. (laughs) (laughs) He'd set up arrow towers all around his perimeter, and then he'd wait for the enemy to just wear themselves down. And then he'd win, and and, but it was a relaxing thing for him to do, I guess, or or whatever. Yeah, I mean, I can see it being, you know, like... A, a modern day equivalent of a stress ball. I mean, I used to be the same way with Dynasty Warriors. That was my thing. Like, I could do that daily, constantly, just yeah. mashing buttons and winning. You know, just getting that 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 fix of of, of victory from something. Um, I can definitely see the appeal. I don't want to imply that World of Warcraft was ever a bad game. I, I couldn't make that judgment call, and oh, I yeah. certainly can't make the judgment call on the earlier Warcraft games. Um, but they did influence the world for better or worse, in some ways mm-hmm. good, in some ways not so good. Um, but it is, it's one of those games that you kind of uh, kind of can't help think, like, like hearing about, unless you're one of the actors in this film. There's a, 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 a teaser for a fact that's coming in. Um, by the way, if, if, if you're unfamiliar with the show, and I'm assuming most of you are, um, I like to watch the films that we talk about via Amazon, um, Amazon Prime or whatever, Amazon Video is, is the name of it. And I watched them in a browser on my computer uh, because I'm normally multitasking because I'm a busy boy. And they have a feature called X-Ray, Amazon X-Ray, where you mouse over the screen while it's showing things. It tells you what actors are in it. And it gives you fun facts and trivia. And I have a lot of them <laughs> because it seems to me that whoever wrote this shit 
was a big Warcraft fan. And this, we, we, we talked about it on, on the recording that, that won't go out now. That we feel like this is something someone at Amazon's been waiting to do. Like they sat through Need for Speed, and I'm assuming <laughs> they did all the game ones. They sat through Need for Speed, they sat through fucking Resident Evil, and Warcraft was their time to shine. Well, this is, so, you know, this is why they took the job. Like, yes. Clearly, this is this is the reason, and they have gone through hell as we have, <laughs> you know. And, and but they've clung to this this hope that soon, one day, they will get to do the Warcraft movie, and uh, and apparently, they pulled out all the stops. They certainly did. They went hell for leather. So I got a lot of facts for you, and a new way to announce those facts. Um, people complained because I used to do a trumpet. People complained when I shouted fact very loudly into the microphone. Last time I did, um, I said fact very fast in a baseball tune. Uh, but this time I, I've deployed machinery that will just just politely interrupt Conrad when he's giving the movie summary to give you a relevant factoid about the scene he's talking about. Um, and I'm very excited. I'm not excited. I was going to say I'm very excited to talk about Warcraft, but A, <laughs> we've already talked about it, and B, it was hell on fucking earth when we talked about it last time. Should we just pull the band-aid off and get on with it? Is Let's there anything else it. you need to add? No, I think... No. Yeah. To war, then. Craft. A lone knight faces off against an orc on a blasted stretch of land while a voiceover narration informs us that there's been an ongoing war between the races of orcs and humans and that this movie is going to explain how the two races were introduced to each other and that it involves magic called fell doing something to the orcs. We know this because the narration is coming from an orc who was there and saw no other alternative. We've set the stage. Robert Kaczynski plays World of Warcraft on his Horde Death Knight. Huh. No, I, no. I wrote a lot, some of these, because, like I said, whoever wrote the facts on Amazon X-Ray this time went in depth. And so some of them I truncated or rewrote or, you know, just, just made them streamlined so I could read them out. That was more or less as written. <laughs> and I don't, I don't get what it means. Do you think he meant to play it meant as his death knight? Maybe as his horde death knight. That might make sense. But it was definitely on when I saw it. Robert Kaczynski, who I I can't remember who he is. It didn't yep. say. Uh, maybe the director. I don't may, know. Maybe. I think Robert. He plays World of Warcraft on his horde death knight. All right. That's a that's a fact. That's a fact. So you were telling us about fell magic. That's, yeah, yeah, uh, something about, about with fell, the orcs. Right. So we're introduced to Duratan, an orc chieftain who's relocating his clan after the destruction of the orc homeworld, as he's hanging out with an orc that's carrying his child. And they talk about naming the child and how Duratan won't be present for the birth unless she were to travel with him. 
and it's decided that they're going to hide her pregnancy so that she can take the journey. And it's this, you know, like, humanizing moment, so to speak, for the orcs, which, you know, like, to, to sort of set your sympathies that on on a track that they're not all horrible monsters, I guess. Yes, Jim? Orgrim Doomhammer is depicted in the uncharacteristic primitive attire of the Horde, who had been gifted greater technological... I'm um, oh, sorry, I, re- I miswrote that. Greater <coughs> technology and featured extensive use of heavy... Let's start this one again. <laughs> Orgrim Doomhammer is depicted in the uncharacteristic primitive attire of the Horde, who had been gifted greater technology and featured extensive use of heavy plated armor as part of their pact with the Burning Legion, instead of his iconic black and gold Doomplace armor, which was later given to Thrall when Orgrim named him as his successor. That came up at that point in the movie. I don't know what any of it means, Conrad. What well, does any of that mean? I mean, Ogram Doomhammer's in this movie, that's true. He's not, I don't think, in this scene. Although we might, he might pass by as, you know, they're all marching. Yeah. There's a shot of the orc clans being assembled. Um, and, and so there's a whole bunch of orcs walking. He might have been in that crowd. Could have um, been. Blackhand, another orc chieftain, and uh, the orc priest Gul'dan look over preparations for this uh, summit that they're having. Uh, specifically, a group of cages that are filled with the things from Avatar, I think they the are? The Na'vi from Avatar, yeah. A bunch yeah. of blue people, all sad looking. They are real sad. And, and uh, a half-orc a half slave of Gul'dan, you can tell she's a slave because she has a chain around her neck that he's holding. See? Yeah. Uh, And she's a half-orc because they needed someone um, attractive and green for the movie posters. Correct, yes. That's why she's not an orc-orc. Right, yeah, and and she definitely, like, her her lower teeth just look pathetic. They give her some teeth, to their credit. Yeah, but but they're they're just sad. Like, they don't even look convincing. They're just kind of pathetic uh, anyway so she's stopped by one of these prisoners who begs for the release of its child but golden says that he needs them all and this is another like this is a moment where it it, it it seems like they're setting this character up and all of these orcs to think that their actions are in some way regrettable right yes yes the way golden uh says you know he needs them all it is said with a, a hint of sadness it- which doesn't come up again in the film ever uh, and it's a running theme throughout Warcraft the movie in that characters in their scenes are whatever they need to be for that scene. Right. Um, characterization doesn't really carry over from scene to scene. And, and um, th- yeah. this is not the worst example of this, but oh, hell it no. is definitely the first one. Yes. Um, so Gul'dan addresses the Horde, explaining that his magic will drain the life of the collected prisoners to power a portal to another world through which he'll send the Horde's strongest warriors. And then once there, they're going to capture enemies on the other side and use them to power a second portal to bring the remainder of the Horde through. And Gul'dan starts casting his spell, pulls the life from the prisoners and opens the portal, and the orcs start running through it. At one time, Sam Raimi was set to direct. Now that, I, 
Oh, they shouldn't say shit like that. <laughs> also, it was like everyone knew that as well. Like it was, uh, he was very famously attached to direct at one point, and then I think quit because it was a shit show. If I remember, that's me just conjecting. I can't quite remember, but I, I swear, like, because this it's... thing's been in development hell for years. Yeah. And it's certainly believable that it was a shit show just when we see the result. Yes, because the result is quite literally a shit show. (laughs) (coughs) So, this portal, it's not instantaneous. And as Duratan and his baby mama pass through, she begins experiencing some pregnancy complications. So on the other side, Goldan helps deliver the baby, which is stillborn. And so he draws the life from a nearby deer and then resuscitates the infant with his magic and it turns its skin green. And then he presents it to the warband as a new warrior for the Horde. And here's another example of him, like, seeming really sympathetic. Like, he's... Yeah, yeah. He's very uh, supportive of this whole giving birth thing. And... He seems... Like, like it was an... In another film, it was a good setup scene of, of showing a villain who does genuinely care about, you know, he's just helped deliver a baby and he genuinely cares enough to try and bring it back to life after, you know, what could have been a a stillbirth, Um, but also immediately using it for propaganda uh, as he turns around and says a new warrior for the Horde. And on its own, that's fine if it didn't just completely get forgotten and is contradicted by later things uh that again that's an issue with this film is there are several moments especially on the horde side of things which is just far better done than the the other shit um which is i feel uh, unfortunate which is just baffling too because did you not say um the original script was much more one-sided um i mean i i can't yet say hold on Hold on. I, oh, can, oh, okay. I can say that. Okay. You if can you just say give me a that. moment. Hang on. <laughs> I'll be with you in a second. I should have used that time to find which fact it was on the list. Here we go. <laughs> Duncan Jones said the original script was very one-sided faction-wise. When he took over, he made major edits to tell both sides of the story. So yes, um, originally, and I'm assuming it told the side of the Alliance, um, and that the Horde were originally just going to be the villains. Uh, but Duncan Jones, he took over as writer. Again, shit show. Had different, went through writers. Um, he made these huge edits, and therefore, it's a fairly balanced... It's about the one thing the film does sort of do evenly and consistently, is tell the story of both the Horde and the Alliance. Well, it's a little baffling to me that you would only tell one side. Uh, that... that... Because World of Warcraft, you know, it, that it's all about uh, having you know an attachment to one side or the other. And are you gonna like piss off half of your audience by not well, reflecting their side? Like this seems really bear in dumb. mind. Bear in mind as well that the last movie we looked at had Pyramid Head as a glorified Pokemon. <sighs> so 
my 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 guess is that the you know the Hollywood people who didn't really care too much about Warcraft in charge uh, had this script, and then Duncan Jones, who does give a shit about Warcraft, was like, no, <laughs> n- this won't work, uh, yeah. and then and then set to to work himself like fixing it. That's my guess again, conjecture, but that that would seem to be the thing. Meanwhile, at a place called Ironforge. A human named Lothar is given a pistol as a gift by a dwarf. Ah, no he doesn't. No? Nope. He's given a pistol as a gift by a cartoon. <laughs> and that's something that's something I talked about earlier in the last podcast that I need to talk about. I'll talk about it now, because this needs bringing up. This movie and CGI, like, might as well just fuck. They love each other so much. And I'm not a Luddite, I'm not anti-technology, I'm not anti-progress with, with, you know, things we can do with graphics and software and and special effects. I'm actually a fan of CGI when used correctly, Um, and I like practical effects as well, Uh, but I'm not one of those people who is like either or, you know, oh, it's better just because it's practical. Uh, What I have a problem with is the CGI in this movie is pretty good, but... It's so extensive that when it's next to human, like, actual living real actors and real props, it looks so fake. And this is an issue in, you know, movies as popular and expensive as Avatar, and it's especially prevalent in um, Attack of the Clones, uh, the Star Wars prequel that had, uh, you know, instead of just putting people in Stormtrooper, or in that case, Clone Trooper armor, like you would if you were making a real film, um, all these people, actual people who were supposed to be just regular dudes in armor, were all CG stood right next to Natalie Portman. There's a scene in Attack of the Clones with Natalie Portman in the desert being helped by a single clone trooper. He's CG, she isn't, but he's supposed to be a human, like, not even an alien, and it looks so fucking wrong. It's like, it is like, you know, characters from Toy Story superimposed on a live-action film. And this movie has it in fucking spades. Um, pretty much all the orcs are CG. So... Yeah. And, and and most of the Alliance um, <laughs> are human. Because we only see, like, elves and dwarves for, like, a split second here and there. Yeah. Um, so you've this, just this got... This is a... the most dwarf action you're really going to get the, in the film. That's like, true, actually. the majority actually. of it. Yeah, yeah. This cartoon dwarf is, is the best you get. Um, but, but, yeah, it's so... I have a real problem with that. I love, like, I actually liked about Silent Hill Revelation to give it some praise. Um, They did it right. They had practical effects, people in suits, but they still had CGI that was used to enhance that stuff. And the technology is there and the resources are there to have had people costumed up for orcs. Sure. Um, Use some animatronics, maybe. Use CGI to enhance the effects, like add to the facial expressions. And you'd have had a more real, more relatable uh, enemy in the horde. Uh, Or conversely, you could have had the entire movie CGI, had the human CGI as well. And therefore, everything's coherent, like artistically, in its own space. And so the orcs are more believable because the humans are cartoons as well. But here, it's like... It might as well be fucking Roger Rabbit. You might as well have Bob fucking Hoskins trundle out. Yep. 
I, I agree. And it's, it's really, it's, it's the inverse Roger Rabbit effect. Whereas, yes. you know, uh, Roger Rabbit, everything stands out, and it's very intentionally by design, but, you know, they're clear cartoon characters inhabiting a real-life world, and they just stick out everywhere like a sword. Yeah, the thumb. contradiction it's... is supposed to be there. Right. Um, and this... it's not here. It's not here, but it exists all the same. Um, yeah. Like, yeah. that first scene, like, at first it wasn't so bad, because we see the Horde, and they're all CG, except the... the um... And and the CG is very good. So when it's all CG, it's pretty immersive and effective. Yeah, yeah, not too bad, not too bad. Like the scenes with orcs talking to each other, th- that's fine. And it's actually kind of all right that they still have, you know, the live-action um, half-orc uh, woman there. Yeah. Um, because it, it's just not as glaring as... Well, she's green, it helps. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, she's, she's uh, you know, made up to at least resemble... Um, a bit of an orc. Yeah, she's um, a James Kirk sexual fantasy that fits in anywhere. Yeah, so it's okay, but <laughs> but 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 that that first moment with the cartoon dwarf handing the pistol to the guy was my first sort of clue that the CG in this is going to be fucking unbearable, and it is. Um, and it's mostly glowing green shit. That, yeah. That's my one takeaway from this movie as well, is that I still don't know what was going on in it. Um, I mean, I was also trying to arrange my New York flights because they fucked those up. And um, trying to do some other... Like, like basically, a lot of admin I was doing at the same time as this film. But you were actually watching and taking notes. And it seems that neither of us really lost much information between us like like i'm no. still as informed having not paid much attention as you are having paid a lot more attention because that's just how shit this film is you're you're not you're not far off i don't think i no. was excited to watch this one yep me too like I, like to I the point hopes. where yeah to the point where it was like earlier in the week the week we we were set to record and normally i watch it like the morning of we we do it. I watch it, and then I hit up Conrad and say, "Let's do this thing." It's in my mind. But I was like, you know what? I might take an evening and, and watch this early. I'm excited. I want to see some high fantasy, uh, and it, it fails at that. We will talk about that later. Well, but... and, and then you didn't do that, and then we didn't record that day because you hadn't done it yet. <laughs> we wound up... Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Did we both forget to? Yeah, that the well, day was yeah, recording yeah. day. <laughs> So I watched it Friday morning hurriedly, and then then we we all had a bad time, and now we're reliving that together. <sighs> uh, so he's Lothar's given this pistol by the cartoon dwarf, and then is very suddenly told that his king needs him because an entire garrison has suddenly been wiped out. Oh fuck! And so we relocate to another place called Stormwind, which we know because it says on the screen Stormwind. Thank you. Lothar learns that while there were no survivors of the garrison, a man was found poking around the barracks. And so Lothar goes to see this man and then assaults him and exposes a tattoo on the guy's forearm. And the dude just tries to start, like... <clears throat> Geographical error. When flying to Karaz... Shut up! I'm doing my facts! Dog doesn't like it when I do my facts. 
geographical error. When flying to Karazhan from Goldshire, you wouldn't go through snowy mountains. Okay. <laughs> yes, the camera does does pan through some some snowy mountains. Yeah, but but to get from Karazhan to Goldshire, which is what they did, they, they wouldn't be there, according to Amazon X, right? <laughs> okay, but I mean, it, we went from Iron Forge to Stormwind. Are those different places? When do they go to Karazhan? Uh, not for a while yet. Okay, let me know when they go to Karazhan and I'll do that one again. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, sure, no problem. Okay, cool, cool, sweet, (laughs) sweet as a nut. So, uh, Lothar's (laughs) looking at the tattoo of the guy's forearm. The dude's trying to start casting a a spell and Lothar interrupts him by covering his mouth. And noting that the sweet ink is a symbol of a group called Kirin Tor, he asks what the guy's doing there. Now, the uh, mysterious yet youthful person, guy, dude, insists on being allowed to complete his examination of the corpse from the barracks, saying that that will explain the cause of the garrison's destruction. And so they do this. Like, you find, like, what kind of shit operation is the Alliance running here? Mm -hmm. That some guy breaks into their barracks and says, hang on, I need to finish my investigation. They just let him go do that? Like, whatever. But Lothar lets him get on with it, and Magic Dude starts poking around in a dead guy's mouth, which eventually releases a green mist. Troubled by the event, Magic Dude says they have to summon the Guardian Medivh for an explanation. Why couldn't he just give the explanation? Lothar says that only the king can summon the guardian, and so they're off to see the king. Very convoluted, isn't it? It is so. Meeting with the king, the upstart mage attributes the loss of the garrison... Is the king in Karazhan? No. Okay. When do they get on a griffin? (laughs) Shortly, there is some getting on a griffin shortly, yeah. Yeah. I've Uh, forgotten most of the film. (laughs) The upstart mage kid attributes the loss of the garrison to the Fell and introduces himself as Cadgar, a guardian novitiate who abandoned his vows. We also learn that Lothar has a son Mm -hmm. that he maintains emotional distance from in the execution of his role as his commanding officer. We learn all this here? We learn all this here. I didn't pick any of that up. Yeah, well, I mean, it's, you know, some of it's subtle. Yeah, the song. Like, like when, like when Callan says "dad." Yeah, yeah, I did. Lothar, pick, I, I missed that. Apparently, there's this character who's really important in in the film, <laughs> and later on, something happens to him, and we're all supposed to care. But I thought he was just some random dude. <laughs> there are so many characters in this. Oh God, yes. In this film, and they're all given fancy names. At least in Game of Thrones, people are called John and Ned. And cat, yeah, you know well, what you're dealing with. There, I'll, t- I'll tell you what we are at this point. Um, about twelve minutes, or, no, eleven minutes into the running time, right? <laughs> Fucking hell. Okay. Yeah. We need to know these names: Fell, Duratan, Goldan, Blackhand, Ironforge, Lothar, Stormwind, Kirintor, and Medivh. Yeah, and a lot of them sound like cleaning products. Yeah. So it's difficult to keep track of who's who. 
So Cadgar is explaining all this stuff to the king, but then there's news of a new attack, and that interrupts him. And so Lothar is observing a fire in the distance out a window, and he has a conversation with the queen, who's his sister, about giving preferential treatment to his son, Callan. So this is the second time they bring it up. Jim missed it here, too, I believe. I didn't miss it. Yeah. Which one's Cadgar? <laughs> is, is he the one who's bad Leonardo DiCaprio? Yes, Cadgar right. is bad Leonardo DiCaprio. There's a, there's a guy in this film who desperately wishes he was Leonardo DiCaprio. Yeah, but uh, that, that, that's not to be confused with Callan, who yeah. is Lothar's son. Lothar's, and Lothar is the king? No. No? Lothar is the commander of the Alliance forces. Right. The king's name hasn't been said yet. Okay. <laughs> so yeah, so he has a Lothar. And what's fuck- what's the name of the magic fuckwit with the tattoo? Because I just called him Magic Fuckwit. That is also Cadgar, the the bad Leonardo DiCaprio. No, 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 no. I'm th- I bad Leonardo DiCaprio. I I I consider to be, I guess, the commander. Oh, Lothar. With the long flowing locks? It has a beard. Okay. See, I don't visualize Leonardo DiCaprio as having a beard either. I uh, see, but I, I like, like him in ever. Django Unchained. Oh, I haven't it's seen got that a yet. Little yeah. tiny sort of goatee thing going okay. on. Okay. All right. All right. Yeah. No. Wow. So we've just. You've had. You're completely lost then. I'm really. <laughs> I watched this film and I don't know what I watched. So. Uh, Lothar talks. The only to... thing I know is that Robert Kaczynski plays World of Warcraft on his horde death night. <laughs> Lothar talks to his sister, the Queen, about giving preferential treatment to his son, Callan, the King, whose name is Lane. By there the way, there we bye. go. Lane, oh, I remember that name. He approaches and orders Lothar to summon the Guardian, who Lothar has not seen in six years, and that's supposed to be important to us. Lothar and Cadgar mount a Griffin and head for Karazhan. Oh, 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 um. Let me get rid of that quickly. Uh, <laughs> geographical error. <laughs> when flying to Karazhan from Goldshire, you wouldn't go through snowy mountains, Conrad. That's also, just silly. Also. Griffins were not used until the Second War when the Wildhammer Dwarves came. While prior to the Second War, only Wildhammers could tame the stubborn beasts, and later forwarded the Alliance their iconic war mounts. Although uncommon, there were still Griffins during the First War, especially Medivh did indeed use them all the time to fly from one place to another. Here's what I like about that fact. Uh, it basically tells you nothing. It basically says people didn't use griffins except when they did, which in this case is the exception Well, and, and when they did. It's worth noting that the only time Medivh rides a griffin in this movie is when he's unconscious and carried onto it by someone else. Yes, yes, the, uh, the Medivh character never uses them for someone who allegedly uses them all the time. He has them, he says he has them. Oh, yeah, he mentions them. Don't you worry about it. Fuck. <laughs> Durotan, meanwhile, in case you've forgotten, he's our, he's our lead orc. 
Every time you say that, I want to, like, say washing machines live longer with Duratan. Like, <laughs> they all just sound like fucking household products. He's looking out over a burning village with um, Ogrim, Blackhammer, his, his homie. Yeah. Uh, when Blackhand rides up and asks why they didn't participate in the attack. Clancy like, Brown, by the way. Mm-hmm. Blackhand is, is Clancy Brown. Wonderful, wonderful talent. Yep. Love the guy. Love the guy. Fantastic in, in Pet Cemetery too. He's not wasted in Pet Cemetery too. No, no. Nor in Highlander. He's the best part of Highlander. Hell yeah, the motherfucking Kurgan. Yeah, no. I, and and I've I've enjoyed his voice work for a very long time. He's one of those actors who. I mean, he was never like a big deal actor, but he he had some some roles. Um, had some juicy roles. Yeah, and and I normally get a little irritated when people who are already celebrities in film become voice actors but his voice is so exceptional he's he's like mark hamill in that he just kind of like just just melted into doing voice acting and was just incredible at it i mean he is i guess to most people now he is fucking mr krabs from spongebob oh Uh, oh you know what he's great in carnival have you seen that I have not, no. Oh, I know what we're doing this weekend. <laughs> so, uh, anyway, um, Duratan doesn't see these fights with the humans as honorable battles, This these raising of the bi- villages that the orcs are doing, but Blackhand points out that, hey, orders are orders, and he encourages him to go and find something worthy of killing, but then, you know, to try and keep them alive because they need them to power the portal. So they're kind of, you know, like, getting mixed signals here, I think, about what they're supposed to be doing. Um, yeah. Lothar and Cadgar arrive at Karazhan and are met by Morose, the Citadel's caretaker. Fucking names. As Cadgar admires the immense library, Morose takes Lothar to see Medivh, who has not seen anyone from outside in some time. But he cannot refuse the king, who he... Uh, and, and so Lothar climbs into the, this uh, seemingly endless staircase to his chambers. And inside, Medivh is building a golem. And they greet each other, and Lothar gives Medivh the king's ring. Duncan Jones said Warcraft is very high fantasy, i.e. very eccentric, and wanted to make it more grounded in reality while keeping the look and feel of the games. Thank you, Amazon. That is... That's that's good what you've done. (sighs) So, Medivh and They made a more boring film. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Medivh and Lothar greet each other, and Lothar gives Medivh the king's ring, symbolizing that Medivh's been summoned, and Medivh asks about Cadgar downstairs. And Cadgar is browsing the stacks when he sees a shadowy form. And as he approaches it, it vanishes into a nearby shelf, and Cadgar looks for something peculiar on it when his tattoo starts glowing, getting brighter or darker depending on his distance from a specific book. Which he takes and hides in his cloak. And as he moves through the library again, he's confronted by Medivh, who pins him up against a column with magic and accuses him of mentally redecorating the Citadel in preparation for replacing Medivh as the Guardian. Which, um, at this point, there's been no hints that that's what he wants. 
that Medivh is at risk of being replaced, that there's any kind of succession thing going on. It's just a thing that happens. And Khadgar immediately points out, again, for the benefit of the audience, that he's renounced his vows uh, in in regards to being the Guardian. Uh, And then explains to Lothar... Uh, or explains, he explains that he begged the king to send for Medivh because he had recognized the presence of the Fell. And Medivh freaks out at that. Oh. Uh, my favorite facts coming up now. Uh, you mentioned the king. I did. Dominic Cooper and Ruth Neger, who play Elaine Rin and Lady Talia also star as Custer and O'Hare in the AMC show Preacher, which of course is based on a comic book written by Garth Ennis with covers painted by Glenn Fabry. That on its own is an interesting fact. That's not good enough for Amazon X-Ray. <laughs> they follow that. Here's, here's what all that preamble is for. Here's the fact. The film features an actor called Glenn Ennis. <laughs> Do you get it? Because Garth Ennis and Glenn Fabry made Preacher, the comic book. But in Warcraft, there's an actor called Glenn Ennis. It's not enough that, that two actors also star in another show. Yeah, like, it's, That's not interesting. No, but here's some bloke called... I don't even know who Glenn Ennis plays. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> so, Medivh... Oh. That was just me talking to Amazon X-Ray. <laughs> uh, so, Medivh releases Cadgar and explains to Lothar that the fell is a magic that feeds on life and twists everything it touches, and commends Cadgar for having done the right thing. Lothar sends the griffin back on its own, and Medivh uses his magic to teleport them back to the throne room in Stormwind. Now, Medivh and King Lane embrace. Everyone's a big hugger here. And they, they move to a war room to discuss the strange monster attacks. All of the other kingdoms of Azeroth are similarly effect- afflicted. And they're asking for Stormwind's assistance, but they don't trust enough to share all they know. So I guess the, alli- the alliance is kind of fragile at this point. Uh, despite, you know, like... What, Eight years apiece or something? Yeah, I think, again, it's one of those situations where just for this scene we need to believe they're fragile. I guess, but it results in a total lack of intel. Now, Medivh says he'll take action, since it's his responsibility as the Guardian, pointing out, again, that Khadgar is in some position to replace him. And he's going to take Lothar and Khadgar with him. And yeah. Tribal- so here's, mm-hmm. here's something I just want to interject with as well that, that, that points to a flaw in this film is we've got this thing with Medivh who thinks he's going to be replaced, maybe because he's going to go into Medivh's witness protection. I don't know. But... And and he does something later in the film where this would have been a good setup for. It would have been a good setup for him eventually... He turns bad at the end. <gasps> I might as well just say it. He turns bad at the end. And him being paranoid about being replaced and not wanting people poking around would have been a good lead-up to that, a good foreshadowing. But it's not. It's just... 
it's arbitrary. It's its own thing, and it's disconnected from anything else. I think I I, I feel like this is a, an effort on the writer's part to throw out a red herring in regards to uh, Medivh that would explain some of the other behavior that he he's having uh, as being this fear and jealousy over being replaced instead of the reality which is him trying to hide the fact that he's a bad guy yeah which which again could have worked could have worked if but it doesn't there was any setup for him fearing replacement from yeah. a guy who's got no rancor or claim or desire or or interest yeah, yeah. like it's it's just bollocks well, they travel to Elwyn Forest, as for them. intimated by a slow pan of a camera over the map on the table. Another fucking name. In the forest, they find signs of a battle, including overturned carts, corpses, oh, and glowing green scars on trees indicating the presence of the fell. Holy shit. As it turns out, the enemy isn't far away, and some orcs surprise the group of humans. And fighting hang, happens. Hang on, hang on, hang on. Hmm? Some cartoons surprised. Sorry, them. yes. Some some tunes from Toontown. Fighting <laughs> happens. Duratan is there and moves to attack Cadgar, but Cadgar raises a magical shield, which confuses the orc chieftain. Blackhand's there too, and he throws a horse. Uh, Kaelin, that's that's Lothar's son, by the way. He nearly oh, gets yeah. himself killed, but Lothar intervenes. And then he gives a bunch of fatherly wisdom, you know, just long enough for Blackhand to sneak up on him and grab him by the back and flop him to the ground. And uh, Lothar pulls the pistol provided him earlier and fires, shooting off Blackhand's hand. Kind of on the nose, but whatever. Yeah, not 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 really subtle, but... Uh, Medivh... I mean, you're kind of fucked. If, you, if you're already called Blackhand and you get a hand shot off, you are fucked. Yeah, that's, that's not fun. Medivh finally does get his shit together and finishes casting a spell which just obliterates all the green-skinned orcs in the war party. But only the green-skinned orcs. And Duratan makes this observation that this sudden turn of events probably relates to Gul'dan's use of the fell and steals Khadgar's horse as the remaining orcs retreat. And Khadgar asks Medivh about the spell he cast and the seeming confirmation of the fell in Azeroth, but Medivh only issues orders telling Cadgar to get the rest of the men back to Stormwind while he returns to Karazhan before he teleports away. And Lothar rides up to pursue the orcs with his men, desiring a live prisoner to interrogate, but has to leave Cadgar behind because his horse was stolen, making him a subject of some mockery. Fleeing the battle, Duratan passes Goldan's half-orc slave from 20 minutes ago, and observing that she's basically screwed because she's chained to a dead orc, he cuts off her chains and she runs off into the forest. Lothar chases down another orc, which is doubled back to attack and sends its wolf to deal with one of the knights before encountering Lothar. They fight. It's over pretty quickly as Lothar knocks him out with the assistance of his horse. And the wolf appears next, but then that backs down and flees when Lothar threatens to slit the orc's throat. So there's clearly a, a strong bond going on with these uh, orcs in there. Their mounts. Yeah. Does it come up again? Nope. No. Nah. Cadgar is casting a spell at the site of the initial battle when the half-orc slave interrupts him. And he instead pins her to a tree with magic, as Medivh had recently done to him. And Absolutely. Lothar appears pretty impressed by that. Yeah, it's, you know, yeah. Did it all by himself. And the two orcs are taken prisoner, and the group begins traveling back to Stormwind. On the way, 
Lothar attempts to first talk to the male orc sexist, asking what their purpose is in attacking, but the half-orc slave pipes up and explains that the orc doesn't understand human language. And this pisses off the orc, who warns her not to speak again, but, you know, it gets Lothar's attention as being, you know, one of the two open to communicating, and the slave defies the other orc, which pisses him off to the point he just breaks his bonds and starts charging across the cell that they're sharing. And Lothar just sort of casually sticks his sword between the bars and kills the orc, like, just before he gets to her. It's a very tense scene that we all care about. We do care a lot. At Stormwind, the king addresses the slave in the throne room, whose name is Garona. My Garona! You know, last time, audience, and I don't know how long he's going to do this, but last time I want everyone to know that that went on for a very long time. After some reticence, she reveals to the humans that the monsters they're fighting are a race known as orcs, and that they're not of this world, that their own planet is dead, and that this world is to be their new home. She then totally lays out the orc plan of capturing people alive to feed the gate. At 8.5 million US dollars, Warcraft holds the record for the highest grossing weekday midnight opening in China. Well, that's that's how you know there's going to be a sequel. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. China is the market when it comes to movies. Like, it is, like, I think the most important one. Yeah, now it is. Yeah, yeah, these days. So, yeah, there's going to be another one of these. For f- oh, God. <laughs> So she's uh, uh, she explains the plan of capturing people alive to feed the gate, to bring the rest of the horde with the human prisoners recently acquired for this purpose, being the explanation for how she is seemingly already fluent in their language. Ugh. Lothar requests that Garona lead them to where the Garona held and tries to threaten her, but she's not particularly scared of Lothar. Lane tries instead to appeal to her softer side saying that they only wish to protect their people, and promises Garona her freedom My in, in exchange for her assistance. At the York camp, Blackhand faces judgment from Gul'dan for failing in battle and retreating, and he's sentenced to death. Blackhand sticks his stump into some kind of font of fell magic, which begins to creep up his arm as he walks away, but Duratan intervenes and chops off the infected bit of arm before it can spread further. When Gul'dan demands an explanation, Duratan notes that the fell proved to be a weakness in the battle, and Gul'dan gets offended at this affront to his mastery of magic. He suggests that Duratan may have survived because he was weak and protected by Blackhand, and he invites a challenge, but Duratan backs down, simply noting that the fell must have some cost that they're not really considering. So that night, Duratan's holding his child, and he's reflecting with his maid upon how Gul'dan's magic's probably bad. And back at Stormwind, Medivh approaches Garona in her cell. My Garona! And asks who told Gul'dan how to get to Azeroth. She says Gul'dan called it a demon and that she'd heard it speak. The queen then arrives with blankets and refreshments, holding her ground when Garona makes a threat on her life. My Garona! And attempting to persuade the half-orc with kindness, offering her a fresh start in Azeroth while Lothar keeps his gun ready just in case. Now Cadgar is studying the book that he took from Karazhan, and he finds a reference to the gate that the orcs came through, along with the name Aladai. 
So, you know, remember that too. Yeah, that's a new name for everybody. Aladai. Duratan and Ogrim, which I don't even know that they've said Ogrim's name yet. Yeah, I think I think we're just getting that from Amazon X right at this point. It's, they sit overlooking a valley, and they're reminiscing about the way their world used to be. And Duratan points out that things started going wrong when Gul'dan came to power, and that the land they occupy in Azeroth is already starting to resemble back home. And he determines that Gul'dan must be stopped, and hatches a plan to cooperate with the humans to defeat the warlock. Lothar helps Garona into a suit My of, Garona. into a suit of armor, and he's kind of a sleaze about it. He is a total, total twat about it. Yeah, and then they set out to find the orc encampment with Cadgar, who is assigned first watch when they make camp. Uh, that night, Cadgar's the one that's ogling Garona. My Garona. There we go. And both she and Lothar notice, and she calls him out noting that he'd be injured in the act, and then things get awkward when she indicates that she's had a few bones broken in her day during sex acts with orcs. Oh, and that her name means cursed in the orc language. Gul'dan spared her um, w- when her mother was killed, though it's it's not said why. Yeah, but she was spared. She was um, spared. Yeah, and this scene um, is interesting because here she talks like almost as if she's used to her life, like, like her life as a slave with the Horde was very normal for her. Um, which kind of runs counter to the way she instantly betrays them at other points. And in other scenes where she wants to go back to them. And again, it's this whole running thing throughout this film of whatever they need to be for that scene. Uh-huh. And don't worry if it counters anything they do or say later. Whatever we need... Right now, we need a classic fantasy scene in which a member of the, you know, alien civilization is talking in this scary, being there, done that way. Um, but later, you know, we need her to be something else, so she'll be something else. Well, and, and then Cadgar decides that, like, this is the time for him to open up about how bad his life is. You know? Oh, yeah. That he, his, yes. His rich privileged parents gave him to the Kirin Tor at six years old because it was some great honor, and then he yeah. disappointed them by running away. Yeah, bear in mind, he just... <laughs> she just opened up about being a slave whose name fucking means cursed, whose mother was killed, who has been in chains all their life, and who has her bones broken when she fucks. And he pipes up with... My mummy and daddy gave me to these rich people. (laughs) Well done. Well done. Your timing and your idea of tone is on point. Mm -hmm. Yeah, dick. So the next day, they arrive at the orc warband encampment. The humans are surprised at the uh, number of orcs, but Garona indicates that it pales in comparison to the horde that's waiting on the other side of the portal. Lothar decides to ride swiftly to Stormwind, commanding a lesser to bring Garona and Cadgar back. Bye, Garona. Duratan, observing the humans, approaches Garona. <laughs> after Lothar leaves, it tells her he wants her to wants to meet with the human leader to stop Gul'dan. And she agrees and asks if he will oh, allow her to join his clan should she survive. But he suggests that she would be safe for remaining with the humans before retreating to the forest. Oh, like, yeah, this scene. She's already trying to get back into in with the orcs. Yeah, she ran away 
And she was telling us how shit it was, and she's been helping the Alliance, but as soon as she sniffs a chance to get back in, she wants back in. Make It's like, like the script doesn't make up its mind whether she wants to be part of the Horde or doesn't. Well, and and uh, that wouldn't be a problem if that was also the character, if the character was written conflicted, but she isn't. She's adamant in every scene from scene to scene. That's true. That that Yes, that is true, because I, I can see making an argument for her wanting to join the clan of the orc who freed her. You know? Yes. So, like, I, I can get that. Like, if she was struggling for legitimacy among the Horde. Yeah. But but the, it's, it's not... She's not given that characterization. She's not given an arc. No no real... I, I'm trying to think of any character in this film who actually has a development arc rather than this up-down, like, like, twisting pathway of different characters, like, personalities... Um, and I think I, I don't think anyone has a consistent arc. It's just a constant twist and swerve of whatever they need to be for that scene. Um, Black Hand suffers from this especially, and we'll get to that. But, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but yeah, Garona is um, very much that. Like, like she should. She's behaving like she does have an arc, but the film doesn't actually give her one. It's weird. It's like they whispered in her ear before they started filming. She's conflicted about this. <laughs> and she's like, is that in the script? Nah. We, we cut a load of it out because we had to throw in a load of orc scenes because Duncan, Duncan Jones said we had to. At Karazan, Medivh collapses into a, the font of magical energy in, his, in the middle of his chambers. And he's totally drained. And tells Morose that the fell is everywhere. And Morose warns Medivh not to leave the Citadel again and suggests that Cadgar, you know, might be able to serve and, you know, do what, what's needed to be done here. Lane is holding a summit, where representatives of the other kingdom are bickering about the demand Stormwind is making in regards to their mutual defense against this new threat, when Lothar returns with what he's found in his scouting mission, saying that they may not have another chance to stop the orcs. And various race representatives ask what the hell's going on with the Guardian, and then the meeting ends abruptly. Now, I think we see some elves here, maybe? Uh, maybe. They're, I know we see elves. bloody like... teeth. I know that. I... Yeah. Uh, th- there's Very... a dwarf. Yeah. So we got elves with gingivitis and, and dwarves. Uh, again, all cartoons, and all clearly cartoons, because the CGI is so abundant. Um... Yeah. Fuck, fuck this scene. Yeah, and all of the scenes in the film. Yep. Lothar <laughs> gets news that another regiment has been pushed back at Stonewatch, and that his son Callan is among the wounded. Who? He goes to see the boy, expresses his concern, and tries to keep him from rushing right back out into the battlefield. But you know, he's his, he's his father's son, and he's got to fight. Yeah, and and again at this point. I did not know this character was his son. I I thought he was just some young idiot soldier. Um, barely paid attention to him. And that's it's important you know that. That yeah. I don't know who this character is, who he's related to, or why he matters. Later, Lane considers the proposal to meet with Duratan that Garona... My Garona! Thank you, has returned with... 
uh, noting that the fell must be pretty scary if an orc needs help with it. Lothar is concerned that it's a trap, and challenges the idea that Duratan would betray his people, to which Garona points out that, in this case, Goldan's the traitor that needs to be de dealt with. Now, the queen asks to know more about Duratan, and decides to demonstrate her willingness to trust Garona. Really? Are we done? Alright. I don't, you know, I... I, I can't help but feel that the moment I start talking again, he's going to say it. But by gifting her a dagger... My Garona! <laughs> by gifting her a dagger for self-defense, which Garona clearly questions the efficacy do. of. You don't know me. <laughs> Cadgar returns to his room to find Medivh there, looking through his notes on the portal, and is outraged by Cadgar's presumption that he could assist Medivh. Which, you know, didn't Morose just suggest that, like, two scenes ago? Yeah, this is a different scene now. And remember, <laughs> continuity and the story resets scene by scene. So he starts magically burning all his notes and takes back the book that, that Cadgar had stolen. And Cadgar goes to Lothar and tells him what he's learned about the gate from the book producing a lone drawing that had been kept safe in his cloak, which suggests that the orcs had been summoned by something already within Azeroth. I was worried that one was too quiet for you to hear. I did, I did eventually hear it. So I said it a lot while you were talking. <laughs> um, this, is an, this is an important uh, Amazon fact, actually. Um, because this one really pissed me off when I saw it. The scene where Medivh magically burns all of Fuckwit's paperwork uh -huh. was achieved through practical effect rather than CGI. <laughs> That's the film we're dealing with, where it's notable that a bit of fire was real fire and not CGI. And that was the right call. Fire is difficult to do. Yeah. <laughs> but it would have been nice if... There were more practical effects, so the film was believable. That'd be nice. So it wasn't just, you know, men with beards talking to fucking cartoons. So Lothar tries to comfort Cadgar, but seems troubled by this information about somebody in Azeroth having summoned the orcs. And Duratan's clan and the human delegation meet at the appointed place and time, which I think is called Blackrock. Probably. And I'm, 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 I'm pretty sure it's like an important Warcraft place, but you know. Anyway, they both have sentries, like, looking out, because nobody trusts each other, e including Medivh, who's, like, up on a, up on top of these massive cliffs. It is, it is, like, the, why would you meet in a place that, why would you agree to meet in a place that you would know is perfect for a fucking ambush? Like... Because the film. <laughs> just, everybody deserves everything they get in this. Yeah, yeah. Ugh. So, yeah. Well, that's uh, not strictly true, because I don't think the people who made this film deserved it to be the highest grossing fucking Midnight Weekend showing at fucking China fucking... I don't, fuck this film. Yeah. So, anyway, they're, they're there meeting and communicating through Garona. Actually, I like the way they handle this scene. Where the two sides are talking, but, you know, they're using Garona to translate. Because it starts out with the human speaking English and the orc speaking orc. And you hear 
uh, Garona translating into English, and then you know going back and forth and the other, and then as as the conversation progresses, it sort of moves around, and then the orc is speaking in English, and you can't understand the human. You can't. Understand. I don't remember this scene at all. Oh, okay. Well, it sounds like a really good scene. It sounds like a scene I would have enjoyed. Yeah. It sounds like the only scene I would have enjoyed. It was it was a, a, a smart way to, to present that idea, I thought. Yeah, yeah. Well, it reminds me of um, Metal Gear Solid Snake Eater, where everyone's speaking English up to a point. Um, and then some one character says to Snake, your Russian is superb, by the way. And then we find out that even though we've been hearing it in English, mm-hmm. uh, they've been speaking Russian. And they've all got American accents. But at one point, a, char- a Russian character speaks English and says so in a Russian accent, which I, I love that kind of thing of playing with, with language in, in, in you know, uh, entertainment and everything. So I actually would have really liked that scene and somehow managed to miss it in the blur that was this two fucking hour-long list of names. <laughs> Yeah, we didn't even talk about that. We talked about that on the last recording. Like, uh, after an hour in the, into this film, I yelled at my screen, "How is there still another?" Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Hour? No, we're yeah, we haven't gotten there yet. We're not yeah. there. This is the longest film in the world. So, yeah, um, Durotan indicates that the portal is going to be open in two days' time, but that if the humans attack the camp and lure away Goldan's warriors, Durotan's clan can kill him. As the plans discussed, green-skinned orc warriors buried in the ground emerge and attack. And the humans begin a retreat while the Frostwolf clan fight off the attackers, but the humans are boxed in. And Medivh, watching fighting happening from above, begins casting a spell while Lothar, Lane, and Garona fight. Kalin's also there. Now, Kalin, Kalin is Lothar's son. And, and it's important to note that. You know, and then so they have a little exchange, Lothar and Callan. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. And and then yeah, he calls, I missed that. He calls together a shield formation, and Black Hand comes riding in on his mount, and he climbs across the shields, and they stab up through the shields and take him out. And that's actually kind of a cool s- scene. That was pretty well done. Mm-hmm. Uh, Medivh succeeds in finally casting a spell, which puts a wall of lightning on the bla- on the battlefield, providing a means of escape for the humans. But unfortunately for Lothar, Callan, who is his son, <laughs> I didn't know, is trapped on the other side where, despite fighting valiantly, he is eventually gored by Black Hand's prosthetic claw in a, in a supremely uh, justified act of revenge. Which I didn't get. Because I didn't know he was his son. I I didn't know why we were looking at slow motion shit and emotional close cuts of people's faces. And screaming. Because some random dickhead died. <laughs> Lothar is understandably pretty pissed off. I didn't understand why he was pissed off. Garona and Cadgar find Medivh collapsed. And Lane has them take a griffin to Karazhan, where they dump him in the font, and Morose gets to have an I told you so moment. When he comes to briefly, Medivh's eyes flash green, and Cadgar says he needs to get the fuck out of there, and he goes to see the Kirin Tor. Is this the moment where Medivh is corrupted? This is the moment where Cadgar realizes that Medivh is corrupted. Right, right. Because I, again, because of the way this film is done... 
I, I was never sure if Medivh was corrupt all along or had gotten corrupt. Yeah, I think what the I fuck. think the implication is that sometime in the six year span between when Lothar saw him last and now right. he had been corrupted. Yeah, the film does, the film isn't great at uh, putting that. Yeah, across. no, it's it's not. Because um, sometimes he's really helpful, and he's only ever really mean to the magical fuckwit for no good reason. <laughs> yeah, yeah, pretty much. Um, so at the orc camp, Blackhand confronts Duratan about his betrayal of the horde. Now somehow, someone passed this information on to, and you know, like you missed Callan being. Uh, Lothar's father. I somehow missed Ogrim betraying Duratan to reveal that, uh, you know, Duratan was was conspiring with the humans. Mm-hmm. I missed that. I I don't know if it was explicitly stated in any way, or if I was just supposed to figure that shit out. I remember out. the most I remember, and and again, I was sort of blacking out at this point. Um, I I vaguely just remember allusions to it like i can tell you the point at which i figure it out but uh it's it's well after when i think i was supposed to yeah there's a lot of that in this film yeah it's just easy to miss details when you're trying to remember an encyclopedia of weird fantasy names that are thrown at you really fast so duratan agrees to submit to punishment in exchange for Black Hand sparing his family and, and maybe the rest of the clan. I don't know. It's not really clear. Fuck. Uh, and on the way out, he names his child Goel. Uh, which Goel, I, everyone. Goel. Which, uh, I, I mean, I, <clears throat> I know his name's going to be Thrall. I don't know if, if, if I had ever known his name was Goel before this or if this is new for the film. I, I assume it's the name it's always been. I mean, I guess because like, every character, because we did check last time, like every character, including, you know, Garona and everyone, are, are Warcraft characters. Yeah, there is, there is a, and pretty accurate. This film is stunningly accurate, not just with names and who everyone is, but like, like visually. Mm-hmm. You know, Lothar looks like Lothar, Khadgar looks like Khadgar should. Like these characters, they, they, they cast the look really well, they got the characters down perfect. But it's so exhaustive with its lore that it's impenetrable if you don't already know Warcraft. Yeah, yeah, I'd say that's fair. Because yeah. I'm, st- I am still struggling. So I'm sure that there were a lot of fans in their seats excited when they heard the word Goel. To Conrad and I, well, we thought it was something else. Well, yeah. Given what happens with Goel. Yeah, I, 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 I thought he was Superman. <laughs> he went with Superman. I thought he was Orc Moses. Well, 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 well Moses comes up later. Like Co- Goel, Goel, right now. Okay, I can do Superman, but I mean, later Moses, and that works too because really Superman's just Moses. Astro. I mean, they actually they actually don't go into much detail about it in the Bible, but there is that bit where he's got laser eyes. Yep, and and heat breath or cold breath. I. I can't keep up to date with Superman's powers. Sue me. Oh, no, don't do that, actually. A lot of people are doing that. At Karazan, Garona is watching Medivh when he wakes up. She expresses concern that Lothar might not like her anymore because she set up that whole meeting that went, you know, cockeyed. 
and Medivh somehow, somehow detects that she's got a thing for Lothar. Somehow. 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 And convinces her that she... Well, he's very excited about it because he wants to build Medivh's big happy family. <laughs> he convinces her that he needs to go to Loth- that she needs to go to Lothar by telling a story about how he had an interracial encounter at some point too and he seemed to think it was pretty awesome. And now... <laughs> I'm not sure... Like, it... I know it didn't go down like the way I'm thinking it went down based on your description, but... <laughs> I'm, yeah, I'm thinking of very inappropriate bragging. <laughs> but no, it's, but it's, he seems to be implying that he's Garona's father here. Like, that seems to be the implication. Why not? It's, you know, and, and she's all, but you left them, you know, in like reference, like, and she's picking up that vibe. Uh, and so, okay, so then, to... <laughs> I, it's just, so, problems? Yeah, because, like, <laughs> <laughs> so, Medivh goes and, like, when, when, when does he set up the, the meeting with Golden? I don't know. And, and is this, this is like the second visit, like the first time he goes and knocks up this this orc woman, and then he comes back like twenty years later, however long it is. I don't know. Maybe orcs age faster. If if you're a Warcraft fan, you already know, okay. and that's fine. <laughs> but the film doesn't give a shit about anyone else. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. I still don't know who Khadgar is! <laughs> Medivh is making it out to be this big gift that he's doing for this person, you know, when he's really just trying to get rid of her. Uh, helpfully prepares a teleport spell and sends her on her way. Now, Goldan meets with Ogrim and reveals his plan to convert all of the Horde to the green-skinned, fell-enhanced orcs and offers Ogrim the fell so that he might take command of the Frostwolves now that Duratan has been deposed. Now, a, a, a more perceptive viewer than myself who picked up on the idea that Ogrim had been the one to betray Duratan would have had a different impression of this scene than I did. Like I was like, okay, so he's just talking to Ogrim because Ogrim was number two guy, and so he's working his way down the ladder. So the scene still worked? Yeah, that's what that was actually my read on it as well. Was he was right now corrupting, you know, a more gullible guy to control the the frost wolves. And it kills and me. It was in this scene I was I also learned they were called the frost wolves. It kills me because I don't think that what we thought was the intent, and I think that what we thought of was a better idea. Because I don't think it was necessary for Ogre to have. Uh, Fuck this movie. Mm-hmm. <sighs> anyway, Ogrim suggests that the Frost Wolves, having been made wary of the fell by Duratan, could be brought around to it if they witness the power it grants Ogrim when he receives it. So he's sort of delaying his inevitable, like, fall under the total control of Gul'dan thing, and trying to find a way out. Garona finds a drunk, grieving Lothar and decides to comfort him sexually 
And it's, like, really inappropriate. Like, it is not the time, girl. She, no. He just lost his son. And you're trying to get up all, all on his junk? Not a girl, not a girl, not a girl, not a girl. Get a nice titties for a little boy. At the I pressed the wrong... <laughs> I pressed the wrong one there. That that just sounded horrible, and I, I don't know what that was. I don't know what that was either. That sounded... Oh, God, I'm sorry I pressed that one. You, one thing you got to learn about, like, about the app I downloaded on my phone <laughs> is it's got a lot of memes on it. Some of them look very racist, <laughs> and some of them look like things that should not be broadcast, ever. <laughs> I just want... I wanted to do Dicks Out for Harambe... Right. Dicks out for Harambe, you know what the fuck it is. So that's all, or maybe, you know, dicks out for Harambe 2. Hey, dicks out for Harambe. Or maybe bass drop for Harambe. Stopped it before the bass drop. <laughs> uh, but I pressed something that is, I think, nice titties. Um, so sorry about that. But I did, I did just want to point out that Colin Farrell was going to be in this as King Whatever at one point. Oh my god! As King Lelaine, King Lane. Yeah, Ugh. yeah, yeah. Colin Farrell was was it was in talks or something to be in it. So at the orc camp, Goldan's orcs are hunting down the Frost Wolves. Uh, apparently he saw through Ogram's deception. So Ogram goes to Duratan's tent and tells his mate, whose name is Draka, by the way. And and I'm not sure if we've been told that up to now. But, you know. We sure as shit know now. A lot of names. Ogram tells Draka to take the child and leave, which she does, but not before shaming Ogram for not having had faith in Duratan and betraying him. And this is the point at which I figure it out. You know, the point, the part at which they literally said you betrayed him. Oh, thank you. Thank you, movie. Thank you. Cadgar tells the Kirin Tor that Medivh has been poisoned by the fell, but they disbelieve him until he asks about the Dark Portal and Aladai. It's fucking name dropping. And he's taken to a chamber where a large cube is spinning and dudes are hanging around it with magic flowing between them and the cube. And, uh, I, I guess he's the head of the Kirin Tor? He explains that this cube is Aladai. It's an entity from an ancient time that may have once served as a guardian itself. And as What's they talk, hmm, please. What's a dank meme? Um, Travis Fimmel, who I think played what I think is bad Leo DiCaprio. Um, but either way, he played one of the main guys. Travis Fimmel had not heard of Warcraft prior to signing on to do the film. He's Lothar. I think. Okay, well, whichever one. I don't know how you can't not hear of Warcraft. So that actually was an interesting fact to me. That is um, kind of shocking. I think if you're of a certain age. But then again, I mean, your dad was fucking playing Warcraft every fucking day. Yeah, exactly. Uh, um, you know, it bled into popular culture. It was, uh, you know, a South Park episode revolved around it. Like, I don't know how you've not heard of Warcraft, but this actor, who isn't, he's a young dude, I think. Um, he's not heard 37. 37? That ain't old these days? No. That ain't much older than either of us, I don't think. I mean, it's the same decade, Christ. It, your guess is as good as mine. 
I know, but he'd never heard of it. It's bizarre. Uh, Utterly bizarre. Yeah, fuck this film. Uh, so, anyway, this the Aladai, the cube, it stops spinning and opens up a passage inside of it. Which really looks weird, because it's all a lot of black on black. And, like, there are stairs that are all, like, goopy stairs coming, leading up to the... It's gross, actually. It's kind of weird. Um, and so he crawls inside this thing. It's kind of... It's, it's, I don't know. I feel like he's climbing into the TV and Videodrome. Right? You know? Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's gross. Um, Cadgar steps inside, and he finds in there the entity that he saw in the library at Karazhan. And uh, she tells him that Medivh has been consumed by the Fell and betrayed Azeroth. She then cryptically <gasps> says a bunch of stuff about people being the guardians of the world and that he can't do it alone. And then repeats a line that he'd seen in the text about how darkness comes from light and from light darkness or the other way around. I, I don't give a fuck because it's Glenn Close. And what the fuck is Glenn oh my Close God. doing in this movie? I forgot she was in this. It's... Oh my god, yeah, for one scene, suddenly Glenn Close. <laughs> it's just there. Suddenly, in a big black room. Yeah. It's not, a, it's just, it's a, just, really, you get close-up of Glenn Close's face. It's a Glenn Close-up. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> in a movie of, you know, fantastical magics and orcs and, and green scars in trees, by far the most mystical, magical thing in this film is what the fuck is Glenn Close doing here? <laughs> totally unheralded, unsung. Yeah. Just this brief scene, and then it's she, bam, I, bam, thank you, ma'am. Is she even credited in it? I don't think she is. <laughs> if I were Glenn Close, I wouldn't want to be credited in it. Uh, yeah, no, I, I wouldn't either, but I, yeah, I don't... Who is she in this? Aladai. Aladai. Oh, what? Yeah. Okay, I was just too busy looking at her, like, screaming, what the fuck? Is Aladai the bad guy? No, no. Aladai, no. Aladai the is... The spinning cube. Yeah, the, the ancient former guardian. Right. Yeah. <sighs> Aladai. Duratan. Golden. <laughs> sleepy. Dopey and dark. <laughs> Uh, Morose carries a limp Medivh into the font at Karazhan, but the fell leaks out of him and spreads throughout it. Medivh admits to Morose that he summoned the orcs, and that he may have done some other bad stuff he can't remember. But, you know, blame it on the fell, right? Why take personal responsibility for your junky behavior? Hey, that's not gonna help him. Medivh <laughs> goes to jail. But instead, Medivh grows some spines on his chin and drains the life out of Morose. In the war room at Stormwind, Lane comes up with a strategy of containment, but Lothar insists that the only hope is a full frontal assault on the portal before it can be opened. And as they argue, Medivh shows up, looking quite fit. He tells them that he's spoken with Durotan and suggests that the remaining troops not needed to contain the orcs could defeat Gul'dan with the help of the Stormwolves and his magic. Lothar seems unconvinced, arguing that Medivh's been pretty unreliable lately, then Medivh provokes Lothar by bringing up Kalin and blaming his death on his need to impress his daddy, which sends Lothar into a rage and he has to be restrained and he gets taken away and put into the dungeon. At this point, I still didn't know who Kalin was or that he was his son. 
<laughs> Garona later finds Lothar in the dungeon and tells him that the attack on Gul'dan is about to commence. He warns her not to trust Medivh, and then they exchange a tender moment in Garona's mother's tusk for some reason before she leaves for the fight. Duratan is sitting chained in the prison yard with the captured humans when Ogrim arrives and releases him, acknowledging that he was wrong about Gul'dan and that Duratan had been correct all along about all this fell stuff. And with the rest of the Frost Wolves dead, Duratan... Wait, about- um... Hmm? Did... Was there a scene where Ogrim has that revelation? There is, isn't there? Yeah, it was when he was talking yeah. to Gul'dan. When he's, when he's talking to Gul'dan, yeah. okay. Yeah. It's just, it's easy to miss these things. Oh, I right. wanted to make... There is okay. I mean, there it's is not set like, up for yeah, that. it's 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 it's, it, it's subtle, but yeah, yeah, it's very it's brief. Right. Yeah, it's not an arc. No, it's not a character arc. It's it's a switch. That's what the all these characters have switches. They don't have arcs. Yes. They don't develop. They turn on and off their dip, their various required traits. So okay, yeah, I'm on board again now. All so right. yeah, Orgrim, yeah, so, does does a good turn. So Duratan vows to expose Gul'dan to the rest of the horde. Um, on the way to go fight the orcs, Lane stops to say goodbye to his wife and his son, Varian. It's a like important human name, Varian. I'm sure again, Warcraft fans whooping and hollering in their seats Medi- means fuck all to the rest of us, okay? And you'll never see him again. I don't think. <laughs> uh, but it's another name stuck in our heads, thanks. <laughs> Pushing out important stuff. Medi- like, how do I file my taxes? I don't know because I've got Callan and Medivh stuck in my fucking head. Medivh says he'll meet up with Lane at the Dark Portal, and off he rides. Now, Lothar tries to get the guard to open his cell door with no success, but the guard is soon turned into a sheep by Khadgar. It's from the games. It's from the games. Right. Once freed, Lothar starts off to catch up with Lane, but Khadgar insists that Lothar go with him to save Azeroth by stopping Medivh instead, and that they'll probably get to kill a demon. Oh. Yeah, fun. They teleport away, and Draka is running to a river, running to a river, where she drops baby Goel off in a convenient baby boat. To be Moses. Orc Moses! Before she turns to confront an orc, killing it with her bare teeth and impales herself in the process. I thought she was fucking him. (laughs) Which, I mean, you know, she would have impaled herself in the process. Right, either way. Either way. But the way she jumps on him, I was like, I, I... I was like, well, she gonna get some bones she, broken. Yeah, oh, yeah. Why is she suddenly fucking this hawk? Is it a, is it a ploy? Oh no, no, she was killing him. Duratan challenges Gul'dan to ritual combat. These are just names. <laughs> and Gul'dan accepts, removing his cloak. Gul'dan reveals himself to be actually pretty ripped. He's kind of like the old dude from Samurai Showdown. Hmm. He's got these, the, the badass spine things that he has are not part of his cloak. They're just coming out of his back. Um, Lothar and Khadgar arrive in Karazhan and find the drained corpse of Morose. And Lothar gets grabbed and squeezed by a ghost hand, manipulated by Medivh, which I, crushes him for a bit until Khadgar provides some distraction. Back at the orc fight, there's more orc fighting. Gul'dan yes. starts to drain Duratan, but thinks better of it in the context of this sort of ritual combat thing that he's in. Like, that, yeah. would, that would be uh, unfavorable 
to the people watching because it's you know supposed to be uh respected tradition or something Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But you yeah, know, like the orcs around them, because uh, the orcs love honor. They're Klingons, basically. Yep. And him using fell magic in the middle of a one-on-one fight, you see the orcs a bit. Oh, that's dodging. Oh, mm-hmm. um, and that's supposed to set something up. That's yes, and it does it... for about two minutes, and then it's forgotten until later when it's needed again. And that you wait till we get to that. Oh my fucking god! Back at also. Sorry, I was just say, also, we've got two different big conclusions happening in this um, mm-hmm. sort of stretch of the film. Two big climactic battles. Neither one of which is the climactic battle. <laughs> There's still so much! So, uh, back at Karazhan, Medivh yeah, starts Karazhan. chanting the incantation to open the dark portal. And there's seemingly nothing that Lothar and Cadgar can do about it. Now, back at the orc fight, Gul'dan observes that, hey, portal's starting to open, and realizes that this whole ritual combat thing is really cutting into his conquering the world time, and tries to call it off. But Blackhand, he's a stickler for the rules. He insists that they keep fighting, you know? It's tradition, gotta stick to those yeah. old ways. Blackhand, who has been shown to be noble and honorable, and despite having somewhat conflicted loyalties, um, does stick up for Duratan. He's and... he's vicious. He, he's violent, but he is he's like the the alpha orc. Like... Yes, he's merciless, but it makes sense within his culture. And 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 he's likable in that as as vicious as he can be, we realize he's doing his job. And he when he's off the clock, he's. He's got some reason and he's a sense of fairness. Mm -hmm. And I say all this because later that's all forgotten just because the film needs a a villain. Right. We're supposed to forget all the good bits so that we we have another villain for another climactic battle. (sighs) Yeah. So, Gul'dan at this point decides to abandon all pretense and starts just draining the fuck out of Duraton with his fell magic, which draws some criticism from the assembled warband. And Duraton just won't go down, so Goldan just gives him a big old bear hug, and you know, drains life out of him until he's left as a quivering, veiny mass of muscle. Now, Ogrim helps to spread a little dissent among the warband at this point, who seem to collectively agree to ditch Goldan over this whole cheating in the ritual combat thing. Yes, and again, just to really stress how fucked this scene gets, the orcs, of course, place honor above almost anything. They're they're green Klingons, green and brown Klingons, uh, and well, the Klingons were brown as well, largely. But they 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 Klingons with big teeth. Right. How about that? And honor, you know, seeing Goldan do this shit is like so counter to their culture. And they are all pissed off, and they don't want anything to do with it. And that is a classic villainous downfall. Yeah. That's, that's classic. It's in the book. It works. It's satisfying. That should be it. But not willing to see his plans end so abruptly, Goldan makes an example of a few. And by a few... <laughs> three. <laughs> I think it's three. 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 It, is, it is the lowest number that you could have and call it a few. Yes. <laughs> he kills three orcs. 
by draining the fell from them. And I mean, it's a pretty horrific looking death. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> like it looks bad, but but it's enough to trade in your culture's entire credos. Right. And and then he bestows the fell on Blackhand uh, and commands him to conquer the world already, which is like, all right, fine, I guess so. And off they do. Like Yes. With 100% morale and fervor. Like, they've just seen their leader fall from grace. Like, he has been shown to be... Everything an orc is not. They did not want to work with him anymore. They were, you know, as low as their spirits could get, as this cause is wrong as it could get, all prepared to leave, three of them die, and okay, okay, they're now being threatened to work for Gul'dan. I get that, that's fair. However, what should happen, what would happen in a normal film, is at this point the orcs' morale would be low. They'd still be fighting, but this time out of fear. They'd be fighting because, you know, they don't want to have fell shit happen to them. Right. But instead, they start roaring and cheering and running like like th- this is the best fight of their like lives William again. Like William Wallace just, just came yeah. through, yeah. Like they're suddenly Braveheart again, and, and it makes no fucking sense and just again exemplifies this switch on switch off thing we needed them to be dissenting and and you know low in morale for these few minutes now we need them to be a big threat again because it's time for another huge cgi flavored battle fuck it pretty much yeah that's it um only so they can do it again later yep the orcs, and sorry, spoilers, the orcs <laughs> later do this whole thing again with Gul'dan, where they abandon him. Lane and crew arrive at the orc encampment, and he gives the yeah. order to charge in and free their people. At Karazhan, Khadgar tries to shut Medivh's chanting up with a bit of flashy magic, which works, except that Medivh just activates the golem he was working on earlier, and then it takes up the chanting for him. Yeah, which, by the way, um, you know, we say the CGI is quite good in this film. The CGI Gollum is fuck awful. Yeah, he's really the bad. The worst cartoon in the film. Mm-hmm. He's very, very smooth and, and just... Yeah, like, like I get that he's a Gollum. He's so made he's of clay, So he's supposed to look yeah. fairly smooth and, and clay-like, but it, it you can do living clay better than that. Like, it really does look Ray like... Ray Harryhausen like, did living clay better than that. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. And it could have worked quite well as a practical effect, maybe. Sure. Like they did, like they did with the fire in that one yeah. scene. <laughs> <sighs> so uh, Lothar decides to deal with the golem and directs Cadgar to take care of Medivh. Of course, the golem stumbles and it drops its hand into the font of fell, which hardens it into a rather useful weapon. Lothar climbs atop its back and grabs a wire to try and slice its head off. Um, fighting continues in the orc camp. Garona's kicking some ass, then nearly gets killed, then gets saved by Lane, thus reinforcing the relationship between them for reasons. Oh, oh, I know the reason, because it's going to be really important in about two minutes. Gul'dan starts draining prisoners to fuel the portal, and the horde starts coming through. Now, yeah. Khadgar confronts Medivh, but gets knocked aside by the golem, 
which Lothar is riding. Uh, Medivh then attacks Lothar, but it hits the golem, which flies backward into a window, at which point Lothar's wire manages to, sli to slice through its head, interrupting the incantation of the dark portal. Uh, Kandar then directs Lothar to... Or, I'm sorry, Kadgar. There are a couple points in my document where I... I name him Kandar. I'm sorry. Kadgar... You know what? I don't think it matters. I don't think it matters. You said Kandar, and I was like, fine. Yeah. Yeah, there's some guy called Kandar. There's some guy called Jerry. Fine. Kadgar directs Lothar to distract Medivh and get him into the font to stop him, stop him from the chanting. It's just noise. It's just noises, what I'm hearing. Kadgar creates a teleport spell and lures the golem into the circle just as Medivh, the headless golem that can't see, by the way. Mm-hmm. Because if you're going to make a magic thing out of clay, give it eyes. Why didn't you just magic it so it can see? It lures the golem into the circle just as Medivh stands at the center of the font, looking all demonic and shit. Like, Ooh. you know, gets all demonic as he progresses yeah. through the fell. And that was a nice transition effect. And then the golem teleports directly above Medivh and crushes him. It's a pretty... Like... Kind of a sad yeah. way to go, actually. It is, I mean, in terms of, of ways to go, getting crushed by your own golem, well, by an and, idiot. And, and that's the thing, like, the, the epic characters in this all have kind of embarrassing deaths. They do, they do. You just wait. Yeah. We've got a great one coming up. But right now... Uh, yeah, yeah, so... Oh. When Kadgar does his final push to defeat Corrupted Medivh, he gets a yellow glow effect, similar to when players in WoW gain new levels. So did he gain a whole bunch of experience from this? Is that what, uh... Apparently, or at least, like, leveled up to do it? I... I don't know, it was something, again, just to make the fucking Warcraft fans' pussies wet in the fucking movie theatre seats. Oh, God. Now, Cadgar has also fallen into the font as a result of the teleportation. And Ooh, he begins, bollocks. he starts absorbing the fell. And he places Lothar behind a barrier and just starts sucking the fell right out of Medivh. You know, <laughs> I've been there. <laughs> and this causes a massive eruption of the energy. That <laughs> Blasts out and kills all the land surrounding Karazhan. It's at that point that the innuendo stops. Does it? Lothar congratulates Cadgar and jumps off the citadel, landing on a griffin. <laughs> Which weren't in use at this point in the war. Except, by except when they were. Except by Medivh, who used them all the time. All the time! Couldn't stop. He was a bugger for a griffin. <laughs> As Kandar takes a breather... Kadgar. There it is again. As Kadgar <laughs> takes a breather, Medivh starts using his last breaths to open a portal to Stormwind for the humans to escape through. <sighs> Lane orders Garona... I, like, I know what's coming, and it's like... It hurts so much. 
Lane orders Garona to help free the prisoners while his soldiers hold off the orcs. Now, Garona tries to convince Lane to leave, but he insists that they save as many of their people as possible. This is not the first time Lane's done this. He also did this at Blackrock when they were all pinned down. And, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. Uh, Lothar tries to get him to run on ahead, and he's like, no, we're getting everyone out. So that's It's, it's another running thing in this film, is the but at least, scenes are just repeated. At least Lane's consistent. Like, yeah, there is that. I mean, he's static, but but consist static consistency is better than the other ones. Yeah, yeah, like, that's at least a point in his favor, as opposed to just about everybody else in this film. Um, so, Medivh as he's dying, tries to excuse his actions by saying he was lonely and he had the best of intentions. And he eventually kicks it in the portal that the humans were escaping through closes. And the orcs just start slaughtering everybody who's left. Uh, yeah. Garona spots Blackhand heading over and tells You know Lane, the best thing? Hmm? You know the best thing about you saying Garona? Hmm. I obviously stopped ages ago. Right. But the brains of the listeners... I know, did. yeah, they're still hearing it, sure. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So Garona spots Blackhand heading over and tells Lane that he's coming to claim the honor of, ha- of killing the human king. And Lane just... St- you know, you ever see Wayne's World? Have you seen Wayne's World, Jim? Um, uh, many years ago, yeah. Okay. So you know how whenever Garth sees the woman that works at the donut shop... Oh, the whole foxy lady thing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, but no, no, no. But I'm thinking of, I'm thinking of, um, not Foxy Lady. I'm thinking, I'm actually thinking oh. of Wayne looking at Tia Carrere, Dreamweaver. Oh, oh. Because that's right. the pace. That's the pace we're looking at here. Yeah. For this, right. this, this monologue that Lothar delivers. <laughs> and everything, like, surrounding them gets all hazy visually. <laughs> like, they're really, really playing this up. Um, but, Lane uh, tells him that, uh, or tells tells Garona that she needs to kill uh, him and become a hero to her people, so that she can one day between be, be, can one day bring peace between the orcs and the humans. Shit plan. It's a terrible plan. But Blackhand approaches. Garona grabs Lane from behind and stabs him in the neck with the dagger given to her by his wife. Uh, and uh, he dies. And the orcs raise Garona up on her shoulders and, you know, crowd surf her over to Gul'dan, who says that, hey, you know, hordes embraced you. And as the orcs are chanting for their victory and tossing aloft the corpse of Lane, Lothar... Again, really happy. Really and happy. And high in morale. Yeah, totally, 100% yeah. behind Gul'dan all the way. Who they already know is a sham. Fucking hell. Lothar dives in on his griffin, and and the griffin starts kicking some orc ass. Uh, so much orc ass that for quite a while, Lothar can do fucking nothing and not get interrupted by the thousands of orcs there. Yeah, he, he's just, he takes a sweet time going over and picking up Lane and examining the knife sticking out of his neck and... There are so many orcs, and the griffin's got its back turned. Anyone could have run him through. <laughs> but he just tosses the king over his shoulder and mounts the griffin. But before he can get away, as he's flying off, the griffin is grabbed by Blackhand and dragged to the ground, and the screen goes black. There we go. Now, 
it's important to note again. Remember what I said about Blackhand earlier. He was given a char- He was given some characterization. He, you know, a fairly workaday orc, sense of honor, sense of decency. At times, um, kind of has Duratan's corner, even if it's in an orders or orders. This is nothing personal kind of way. That's all gone now. Now he's just the villain. Well, he's been corrupted by the fell. Well, yeah, but... But then again, the way... The way he's dealt with... The way I see We're supposed to be really satisfied that, that he dies. I... Okay, so the way I see this from his perspective is that here is this... Well, for one, he's got this rivalry with this guy already. This is the dude that took his hand. And sure, yeah, he killed his son, but... You know, and it's also... But let's face it, he, he had such a shitty relationship with his son that I didn't know he was his son. <laughs> <laughs> but again, like, like, yeah, okay, he's the bad guy who killed his son. Um, that is normally a good role for, like, the dragon to the bad guy. You know, the right-hand man, the, the, the sound wave to the Megatron. Right. But... That wasn't who Blackhand was. No. So he was given this hateful act, this thing that we're supposed to be happy to see him pay for. But we know he's not that bad a dude. No, he and and he did it for the glory. It's just it's a matter. It's just and again their culture. And again, you know, maybe this is a response to the hasty rewrites of them making the horde more relatable mm-hmm. uh, which again is fair enough but you if you're making the horde relatable you can't have a fairly relatable character and i do think blackhand's relatable yeah you can't have a relatable character be the sound wave to the megatron not not the way they did it cuz there's they they just drop all the conflict from him and they make him corrupted, which is even worse, because that just means he's being, like, punished for shit he's not even in full control of at this point. Yeah. This movie's just a mess. Do I, am I making, like... Because the movie makes so little sense. I worry I'm not making sense trying to no, make sense no, of I, it. I, but I, I, I am saying, like, like correct it things, It didn't earn right? it. Yeah, it doesn't earn it. Exactly. That's perfect. Yeah. It did not earn a showdown between Blackhand and whoever that other fucking dude's name Lothar. is. Can't remember it anymore. Lo- yeah, Lothar, whatever. Yeah, it, I... It did not earn it, you're right. Yeah, I, I, don't, I don't think it... I think they muddied the water so much with Blackhand. Um, I, and, and I can see from the perspective of it would be a glorious battle. But they've just done such a, kind of a piss poor job of maintaining the honor driven battle thing throughout this. Yes, it, it pops up at points. There are certain characters that mention it as being really important, but it's so they just it's say undermined. Honor a lot. It's undermined at a lot of turns, and like yeah, yeah, I have a hard like, time like for dealing this with it. to have worked. For this scene to have truly worked, Blackhand throughout the film should have been drunk the Kool Aid. All up on that honor. Like, like, all glory, all fuck everything else. I'm in battle. I'm here to kill. I'm here to slaughter. I'm here to be the big dog. But he's given so many scenes of quietness and consideration that you don't pick that up from him. 
the best you get is every now and then you'll hear an orc utter the word honor. They'll just say, "Oh, honor." And we, oh, okay, they're, they're honorable. Doesn't earn any. It doesn't this film doesn't earn any of its payoffs? It dropped a golem on the deep. <laughs> the because uh... he was lonely. So Lothar regains consciousness and his sword is tossed in his vicinity as Black Hand challenges him to Makgora, this ritual combat yeah. thing. Big epic battle. And they combat. square off for the epic battle and they charge at one another and Lothar slides between Black Hand's legs to slice through his groin then mm. quickly dispatches him from behind, declares the victory for his son, briefly regards Garona, and turns to walk away. Like, it is that fast. That fast. And also, it was at this point I worked out he was his son. <laughs> I had this moment of, oh, Black Hand's dead. Oh, he was his son. Oh, that's why it mattered. That's why he's angry at him. Okay. But you All got right. there. You got there eventually. Moving on. Um, yeah, like, so, again, let's examine this. <laughs> Black Hand just goes down like a punk. Yeah. Which, again, in another film that had earned it, that had done it right. If he had been a really, really bad guy, like a really yes. bad guy. That... Someone who deserved to go out like a punk. In such a humiliating fashion, yeah. yes. Or, or or if there was something like like hinting at, because cause I want to draw it to, and it's an odd film to compare it to, um, but Predators. Um, I don't know if you've seen Predators. I have not. Um well, I know what we're doing this weekend. Okay. Um, Predators, despite what some people might say, is I think is a, a fantastic film. Uh-huh. And uh, there are three Predators in it, main, three main ones. And there's this one called The Falconer, which is this more slender kind of stealthy Predator as opposed to some of the other big ones. And one of the people being chased by the Predators is like some Japanese gangster kind of guy. And... He's got a katana at one point. He gets a katana. And it's him and the falconer predator, and they're in a field. And the falconer predator, like, launches, like, a blade out of its wrist. Okay. So it's got its own katana. And he and the Japanese gangster guy charge at each other across this field in a very traditional sort of Japanese samurai showdown way. They run across each other, run past each other. There's this brief pause. Falconer falls down dead. Mm-hmm. Classic. Set up really well, shot fantastically, done with a quiet understatement that makes it work. Now, I could have picked, I'm sure, many classic Japanese films. Sure. But I'm culturally ignorant, so I went with Predators. <laughs> Which still did it a thousand times better than Warcraft did. Yeah. Because because in Predators it was set up, it made its allusions to other cinematic tropes known, and it was just well executed. This was big battle set up, but we had to get rid of Black Hand quickly because we're almost two hours in. We've had five conclusions to this film already, and we've got to get people out of this movie theater. Got to get the next set of seats and butts, or butts yeah. and seats. Yeah, yeah. So quickly kill Black Hand, make a reference to the sun so Jim gets it. Look at 
Corona, and then fuck off. And that is that is exactly, yeah, that's exactly what happens. Goldan uh, commands that Lothar be killed, but the orcs ignore him because he won his uh, Makgora fairly. Yeah. And, and... Go- Goldan's like, well, fine, I'll go do it myself. But Corona warns him that doing so would cause him to lose the respect of the Horde, which... Which he already did earlier in the film. I thought, yeah. And then won it back by murdering three orcs, so, dishonorably. So what's the, what's the, yeah, why not just kill three more orcs? I mean, wouldn't that be the better move? That, that's, yeah, the orcs have kind of shown their hand at this point. They, so long as you kill three of them, the rest of them, the thousands of them won't dogpile you. Nope. And they'll forget you were dishonorable. And yet this time the threat's enough to stop him. Because the movie needed it. Because the movie needed this scene to happen. So now Golden's character has changed to someone not willing to do this. The Orcs characters have changed from people who are now willing to stand by their creed. And he was his son? <laughs> I mean, I know it's slightly different now because they don't have an enemy at the gates like about to attack them but still yeah it's it's a little silly yeah Goldan has just like like been shown as willing to let all the orcs know that he doesn't give a fuck about the rules he's the fucker with the magic mm-hmm. he's got the hoodoo but I guess he just forgot his magic for this scene <laughs> <sighs> Agram, Agram retrieves Duratan's tusk from his corpse, uh, saying he'll give it to his son. I'm just trashing my office now. Back at Stormwind, Lothar shows the dagger to Cadgar and questions how well any of them really knew Garona. Actually, did trash my office. Oh, but Boba, I found my missing Sonic pogs. Brilliant. At the funeral for Lane, Taria, 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 the Queen. Gilt- Doesn't matter, Talia. I don't know. Guilt. I mean, I know that I know that her name um, is responsible for the Glen Ennis fact. <laughs> I think it's Taria. Yeah. Oh, speaking of which, hmm. speaking of which, hang on. Fuck! I've still got a lot of these. I've, I've got actually. I'm just going to get rid of these facts now. Okay. Um, so let's let's end it with. Chris Metzen, lead story writer at Blizzard and the voice of many characters in WoW, was in charge of the movie's plot. Well, now we know exactly who to blame. (laughs) After Lane starts... This is how much I was... I was so fucking in the plot and my anger that I missed some of these fact points. (laughs) After Lane starts charging toward Blackhand... One orc passing in front of Blackhand pops out of existence and fades back in. Because it's CGI and they fucked up. <laughs> and if that was just a dude in a suit, he wouldn't have disappeared. Yeah. And final fact, at one point Johnny Depp was interested in starring in Warcraft. Oh. That's just and what this needed. And wouldn't that have made it better? Yeah. He was probably too busy hitting women. Does he hit women? Yeah. Well, that's unfortunate. Allegedly. That's still unfortunate. 
Oh, yeah. Whether it's, like, I can't, it's not allegedly unfortunate. It is unfortunate. Oh, no, I'm just saying that for me. I don't need to be sued again. Right, no, no, I'm just saying, like, regardless of of whether he's allegedly beating women or actually beating women, it's still disappointing. (laughs) Ah, what a shame. It's going to be in Warcraft, though, but he wasn't. Mm. There's always Warcraft 2, John. Yep, you, you you can get back in there. And get back in there. All right, so um, at the funeral for Lane, Taria guilt trips the assembled dignitaries from the other kingdoms by pointing out that Lane was gu- willing to give his life for his people. You know, like, what the fuck, guys? Uh, the crowd calls for Lothar to lead the alliance, which he agrees to, and the people cheer. Meanwhile, oh, wait, oh, oh, and... and hang on, hang yeah, on. This is where we see the, uh, the Warcraft so the logo. Film, the film ends. Yeah, yeah, we see okay. the, lo- the Warcraft the logo. Alliance, the alliance is cheering... The Warcraft logo flies on screen, and I message Conrad saying, Right, the film's finished. Let's get this podcast done. Followed immediately by me typing to Conrad in all caps, Holy fuck, this film's still not over. Now it's Orc fucking Moses. Yes, because Goel's little baby boat is floating along the river as the voice of Duratan tells him to make a new home for the Orcs. Coming to rest on a bank, a human discovers the baby orc, and Goel hisses at him. Yeah, this is, uh, didn't one of the Star Wars movies have a whole bunch of endings and drive people crazy? Like, Probably. the third one? Like, Attack, Probably. Attack of the Clones? Attack of the Clones was boring as fuck. That's probably or Revenge the one. of the Sith, or I, I don't know. Anyway, it's some of one of them. Yeah. But yeah, that's, that's what this film, like, the last, I want to say, like, the last 30 minutes of this film is torturous because it just. It doesn't end, but it keeps ending. Like, we have a climactic Medivh battle, a climactic Duratan versus Goldan. We have Blackhand versus Cad, whatever, Cadgar, Kafan, Coffee, Lothar, whatever. We have the Alliance cheering and the Warcraft fucking logo! And still, another bit of film before the credits. <sighs> Right, so I'm not even gonna because I, I need to still fucking edit and post this today. Yes. Um, so I'm not even gonna bother cutting to a little plinky bit of Kevin McLeod music. Conrad, did you like Warcraft or not? No. I hated it. It was awful. Right, what are we doing next time? Uh, oh god. Well, we're gonna try it live next time. We've got a special thing happening next time. Now, I'm not still not sure exactly how we're gonna do this. Me but... either, because your your hotel is right across the street from the airport. Yes. Yes. And I um, live in a closet, but we'll figure it out. We'll work it out. Um, basically, my idea is this. My idea is this. Um, so I'm gonna be in New York uh, this weekend. Um, so Conrad lives in New York and I'm actually not far from Conrad either. So plenty of shenanigans we can get up to. And I feel people are obviously waiting for this one. They want to, they want this one to happen. Mm -hmm. Um, and I was saving it for a special occasion. I was either going to save it for like Thanksgiving or Christmas or something, but I feel me and Conrad being together and suffering through the film together, um, is perfect for, pixels heaven help us all so next as painful as this was yeah like we may look back fondly from what i've heard of pixels i mean there's no way i'm gonna top movie bob's review of pixels it's a that's a work of art yeah um i said at the time 
fuck, I thought I was vicious mm-hmm. when I saw that. And Red Letter Media do a really, I mean, Red Letter Media's reviews of Sandler movies are, I feel, very fascinating viewing. And I'm not aiming to top any of that shit. But I feel like we have to do Pixels next, and it'll be when, when we're together uh, in a physical space. And my thinking is maybe we will record a traditional podcast, um, you know, traditional audio podcast, but I at the very least want to film us watching Pixels and maybe do a compilation of our reactions as we watch um, or something like that uh, to stick up on the YouTube channel. So either way, uh, there's going to be some some fanfare around us watching <laughs> Pixels. God damn Pixels. A movie that I think came out before Spin-Off Doctors was ever a thing. And I reviewed the Pixels mobile game, and I think I said multiple times in it, I boasted about how I'd never watched this film and how I'd never... Uh, you know, this is as much as I ever care to consider this film, and here we are. Never say I've never. only got a weekend in New York, and a lot of people who want to meet me, I've got a boggling art show to look at, but I'm going to spend some of that weekend <laughs> in the big <laughs> fucking apple watching a movie I once crowed about never having to watch <laughs> with Adam foreskinning Sandler in it. Uh, so that's... Something I, to I look think forward that's going to be people. exciting. Yeah. 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 Um, you know... If you're pissed off about this episode, be it its incomprehensibility, be it my repeating my Garona a lot, be it my dank memes, um, be it the film itself, um, consider Pixels our apology because I have a feeling no matter what happens, uh, we will get some fun out of it. Uh, It may be fun at our own expense. Uh, There will certainly be fun at Sandler's expense. Yes. So it's going to be good, I think. I think so, Uh, too. This episode, I think, is... A mess. Yeah, yeah, but so, so was, the, was movie. the first attempt, yeah. um, and 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 the movie was as well. And I don't know how this gibberish is going to like like it's bad enough for us having seen the film. Yeah, that's the thing. There are a lot of listeners who don't watch the film. Like, I mean, it's not like I wish I could have done something about the plot synopsis to make yeah, it you did like, the comprehensible. Best you could. But yeah, but there's just so many names and characters and back and forth and doing little shit all the time that it yeah and it's inaccessible i feel to someone like me who because ideally uh if you do a movie you are gonna um you want it to appeal to more than just the people who played the game it's fine to have things for people like the fan service and everything that's cool i love it i like faithful renditions of things as well but at least simplify it and streamline it. Well, especially if it's your first um, entry into a medium. Yes. With that, because one of the, the great advantages that you have with this, and not that Warcraft... Well, I mean, Warcraft could probably use a little little survi- um, subscriber boost. Is Do they still have subscribers? Or is, they, is it free-to-play now? I think they still do. Sub- I don't know. I, 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 don't, I, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I know that the subscribers... I know they got pandas. I know that there was a period of time when the subscribers were really in decline. And, and you know, I mean, it was still the biggest yeah. MMO out there. But people were expressing, you know, noticing... I mean, either way, either way, a movie is often... One of its goals is to 
draw people into the source material. Right. I mean, even if you um, knew what Warcraft was, but had just known about it in passing, you go to see the movie, and ideally, it, it invests you in the world so yeah. that you want to go and experience the other content. And this... I have never been less interested in World of Warcraft after having watched this. Yeah. Like, and and I, I, I'm sure the story in World of Warcraft itself is fine, but this movie is gibberish and stupid, and for someone, like, like, I think a lot of the audience would go expecting, you know, high fantasy, and high fantasy with the Warcraft dressing. Right. Instead, it is so like rock solid Warcraft name dropping, and I, I could not get into that. Maybe if you're a fan, you've got a different perspective. I don't know. Um, I don't know. I don't actually know how well the film was received, but I, it, it was torturous to watch and worse to talk about. Well, let's see. According to Wikipedia, Warcraft received generally negative reviews from critics. Has a uh, approval rating of twenty eight percent on Rotten Tomatoes, based on one hundred and ninety reviews. The consensus reads: visual thrills to spare, but they and director Duncan Jones' distinctive gifts are wasted on a sluggish and derivative adaptation of a best selling game with little evident cinematic value. Sounds about yep. right. All right then. Um, so we're going to follow that up by Pixels, <laughs> which I'm sure was was much more critically oh, well received. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um. Thank you for listening, as always. Um, thank you, to Conrad, for, for it, yeah. not doing this not just once, but twice. Oh. I'm exhausted. Um, <laughs> fuck me. Um, we did manage to hit two hours. Um, uh, a little shorter than last time, yeah, I, I think. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, a little bit. Fucking hell. So, yeah, I'm just going to get this ending done so I can get the file from you, get this posted, and then properly never have to think about this again. Catch us on another podcast we do, fistshark.com, fistshark marketing. You can see it on iTunes. Um, follow Conrad at Twitter, Conrad Zimmerman, all one word, at Conrad Zimmerman. Me, you know enough about me. Thank you for your support. Thank you for listening. If any of you are still listening right now, God fucking bless you. Yeah. We'll see you next time for Pixels. Bye. Bye. Whew.